Well, if you've been keeping up, more power to you. If not, we'll try to catch you up. And you certainly can check out all of our websites to catch up here and what's gone on on this National Signing Day. This is a special Mic'd Up, Mike and Mike in the evening edition here of our show on Pittsburgh Sports Live, Pittsburgh Sports Now, and all throughout the Now family of networks as today, a special day around the network National Signing Day. A lot of action going on. Throughout our network, most notably the Pitt Panthers coming off their special season, their ACC title, and trying to rebuild it again, trying to not have it be a cliff that they fall off and keep on moving. And that's what every college program has to do, West Virginia and Penn State as well, that we cover. So feel free to chat along. We'll go to any questions that I see from any of you in the chat as we are live for this broadcast. If not, we're just going to talk amongst ourselves. But of course, a lot gone has gone on today and most notably for our flagship team, the Pitt Panthers. And we will touch on, of course, our thoughts on the transfer chaos, as well as the futures of these programs. Mike, Mike Vakovican, I'm Mike Osti. Just to get us underway here, and there were some surprises, Pitt able to, to win some recruiting battles, lose some recruiting battles. Obviously, question marks about potential transfers and things like that to, to regroup for next year. But just overall, before we unpack everything, what's your takeaway from to this point on National Signing Day for the Pitt Panthers? Obviously, more work can be done and will be done. But what are your instant takeaways, positive and negative, from the Pitt perspective? Well, the first thing I want to do is just just caution pit fans because uh, I know sometimes how they react <laughs> you can't look at th- this is different circumstances for pit this year I, right. I know every one of the, the the first thing anyone wants to do when talking about a recruiting class is say what rank were they you just can't you can't do that it's the first thing before I get into any individual stuff sure. when you only when you're only dealing with uh, 10 12 scholarships you're not gonna rank highly uh i don't care who you are uh pit because of covid and players coming back having the opportunity to come back by the ncaa they were only to able to add uh they might add another player but it's doubtful uh more likely they'll probably pick up a transfer or two but as far as their high school kids uh they might be done i, I would say there's uh you know, probably a better than 90% chance they're not going to pick anybody up. So their ranking is going to stay where it is. You can't fixate on that. Next year, uh, we'll see if they get back to the normal 20-some scholarships, and then you can fairly evaluate how a, um, how a team did. As far as Pitt this year, I, I think it always starts with the, off, with, with the lines. Uh, this team, uh, you need an offensive line, you need a defensive line, especially defense with Pitt. And, yeah. I, and, and I think uh, we saw they, this, the offensive line and defensive line stepping up this year, yeah. especially the offensive line, really helping pick it in the offense. That's an underrated part of the offensive success. Yeah. And despite only having, uh, you know, 10, 12 scholarships to hand out, right. uh, Pitt signed a four star offensive tackle who uh, many people believe will be a, uh, a beast and a guy that will uh, fight for early playing time. Uh, Ryan Bear from East Lake, Ohio. Uh, he's a guy, uh, mammoth kid, uh, 6'8, 330 pounds, uh, just a monster of a man. Um, and he, he's anytime you only add one lineman, offensive lineman, and he's able to be a four star kid, he did a good job on the defensive line. We know that's where Pitt, uh, bread is buttered. Uh, they win with their defensive line, their defense. When it has success, it's because uh, their defense is able to get to the quarterbacks. And I think Pitt landed three really good players. As far as anything that I'm a high on, I think their defensive line, what they added today, they added a kid from Central Valley who I think should be a yeah. four-star four recruit, Sean Fitzsimmons. Yeah. Uh, I think if he played for a bigger high school um, in, in the WPIL, he would no doubt be a four-star kid. But you look at his tape, uh, he's just uh, at times almost unblockable. He, he's going to go in as a defensive tackle. And then they added uh, a guy named Jimmy Scott from New York who has uh, 20-some offers, a lot of high major offers, uh, real, uh, pit prototype uh, defensive end. And then a kid that was kind of a surprise today, and their only real surprise of the day, 
is they won a recruiting battle to get a four-star defensive end from Boston, uh, Samuel Okaluna. And uh, <laughs> you practiced saying his name a few times. You did yeah, well there. <laughs> he has uh, all you need to know about him is he has 55 scholarship offers, right. uh, including ones from Clemson and Georgia. So the kid can play. Pitt won that battle. And uh, that's the highlight for me is I think Pitt took care of themselves uh, on both lines, which is uh, which bodes well for the future. And I do think it's, it's, it's important to note, as you did at the top of the show, that, yeah, the recruiting rank is it's where people are going to look immediately, but it's not always everything. It's not going to tell the whole story. You have to get out on the field and there's different circumstances. People do also see, well, Pitt had their best season in 40 years. They should just dominate and have their best recruiting class in 40 years. That's not always how it works either. So that's important to note here. Mike, Mike Fakovic and Mike Ossie here in our I think you, I think we could see a ripple effect next year, Mike, uh, because. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. because Pitt won the championship in December. Right. Now they're on the road for 2023. Those coaches are no doubt selling uh, kids in next year's class already. We're the ACC champions and we're going to be back. So um, I, I think you could see, uh, as you just mentioned there, uh, impact of them winning a championship. I think you could, uh, you could see the uh, benefits of that uh, come next recruiting class. Yeah, and Pat Narduzzi, even when he was criticized and even prior to the championship year, he's always been a solid recruiter. He's had solid recruiting classes before, so that's never really been a concern by Pat Narduzzi. So I would not imagine that that wouldn't occur. I, I wouldn't imagine there would be any concern that that would not be a ripple effect in the positive direction for Pitt. Uh, again, here our National Signing Day recap here, our nighttime edition of Mike Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now. You did mention Fitzsimmons. We actually have a video here on Pittsburgh Sports Live of his thoughts on signing with Pitt, and I do think that's going to be an underrated signing. Central Valley, able to win championships there, but we're not talking about a, a behemoth of a program that nationally people are going to be aware of. We're not talking about a North Allegheny or a Central Catholic, even Woodland Hills, that people around the country are going to say, oh, I remember they won championships years ago. I remember this kid came out of there. Yeah. You're not going to have that. He, Central Valley is a program that hasn't even been around for 20 years, and they're setting their own dynasty course. But he could be that, that, that figure, and he also has so much of a maturity. Um, I don't know how many Pittsburgh fans will enjoy the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bandana if he's going to keep on wearing that. But but outside of that, I, I think he's certainly going to be something that Pittsburgh fans are going to fall in love with. So I do think that's a, a fantastic move for the Panthers. Yeah, he's a kid. I had him actually uh, when I did the interview. He uh, he lives fairly close to me, probably 10 minutes from me. So he came over the house yesterday awesome. and we take the interview here. Uh, very mature kid. Right. Um, comes from a uh, tremendous family. Um, one thing you won't see, I can guarantee you with Sean, as much as I can guarantee something. Uh, he, it's hard he in this, this world, but yeah. In this world, exactly. Uh, he has a lot of, um, he has a lot of Kenny Pickett in him. Okay. In that he is all business, uh, very mature, uh, there will be no side distract. There'll be none of the right. other stuff. Sean Simmons will be there to get an education. He'll be there. He'll work his ass off. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I think with the players they have coming back, I, I think I'm probably, it would be a stretch for him to have any sort of impact next year, but get a, a year of him in the weight room. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised. That's the only thing, maybe a little undersized. He doesn't look as muscular maybe as you'd want. Yeah. He's, he's six, three, two seventy, two seventy five. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two years from now, a uh, year in the weight room eating right there. He'll, you know, he'll probably tip two ninety. Right. And, uh, I would say his red shirt sophomore year, he'll probably be fighting for some uh, playing time. I think with the players they have coming back next year, it might be, uh, it might be, it's probably a stretch. Uh, Elliot Donald didn't even play this year and he was a four-star kid. Right, right, right. Because of depth. So that, that's what I'm, that's a good problem to have if you're Pitt. But I, I'm just, just as far as the type of person and player and work ethic and uh, the way he's raised, uh, Pitt hit a five-star with him. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also was a leader on his high school team. So that leadership and that maturity will be able to get 
on the field for the Pitt Panthers as well. Now, Mike, obviously Pitt's coming off a championship season. You might see that ripple effect more next year. Pitt still had a solid recruiting class this year, and all of that coverage is over there on Pittsburgh Sports Now and will continue to be throughout the West of the week, as well as on WV Sports Now and Nittany Sports Now for what the Mountaineers and Nittany Lions did, as we're, we're covering it all here throughout the Sports Now network. But sticking back to Pitt, it wasn't all roses for the Panthers. They 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 dipped their their hat in the ring for a four-star receiver, and they lost out to Auburn, a program that in the is in the SEC, is in the South, is going to have that cachet there. They certainly have won a more recent national title, but not necessarily a program that's right now having tons of success. They get an upset or two every now and then. They played Alabama tough, but they have a tough road in that SEC, and they. They haven't really been a top dog in a while due to Alabama having a dynasty rolling and even LSU as well. And Pitt ends up losing Cam Brown, the four-star receiver to Auburn. How big of a hit is this for the Panthers as they look to retool some weaponry as well with Addison as an All-American? He's not going to be around forever, obviously. Can he pick it gone? How big of a hit is this to Pitt? How surprised maybe were you with Auburn being the selection? It's an SEC school that's never surprising. But what does this mean for Pitt as this is kind of the negative news of the day for the Panthers? They lose, they do lose this four-star receiver. They did have their eye on and actually thought they had a chance to get. Yeah, I thought they were going to get him. I was actually forecast just talking to him. I try to, I remember when I talked to these guys, they, I, I, I have to, uh, pick out what they're saying, what they're trying right. to, to believe sure. it's actually true. But the right. one thing that stood out to me was the fact that he, the re I said, why is Pitt still on your radar? What, after you decommitted from them, what, what, what is it about him that, uh, you know, still has them there. And he talked about Pitts that he, and, and this stood out to me. And I think Pitt sold him on this. And they said that it, he told me that he wants to catch a lot of balls in college. He wants to be the, uh, wants to go to a passing offense and there's no team that were among his finalists that threw the ball as much as Pitt did. And he w- but felt as though he'd be able to showcase okay. his talents bet best in Pitt's offense. I don't know. It makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and Pitt's and, and also had a lineage of wide and, receiver university. Yeah. They, you know, they have the Blitnikoff winner. He talked right. about, he, he was impressed with what, uh, Pitt, Brendan Marion did with the development of Jordan Addison. Yeah, it, it, it just added up. But went to Auburn. You know, you could draw, you could draw whatever conclusion. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think I, I, we'll see. Uh, I think he's a talented kid. We'll see if that offense fits him. Uh, it's a word? different offense. That's no, a different oh, offense. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think Pitts would have been better, but hey, he chooses what he wants. Sure, uh, am sure. I worried? No, because. Uh, I think Pitt's offense, uh, I think they have a, they're going after some transfer receivers and I think they'll pick something up and uh, if not, they'll get somebody next year. But I think with this type of offense they have, uh, I think it's just going to, it's going to sell itself to good receivers. If it's not Cam Brown this year, they'll get somebody next year. They they have enough guys on the roster for next year, uh, enough talented guys that it's not that big of a deal uh, as long as they, able to parlay it next year and get somebody uh you know that's pretty high but anytime you're in the running for a four-star kid yeah you you like to try to close the deal they weren't able to but uh you know they were in the final two with him and uh you know he went with auburn so uh best of luck to cam yeah and absolutely and we got to have a disclaimer for this show as well as all of our coverage here that Whatever decision these kids make, you got to respect. It's the decision that they are making and their family is making. And whatever reasons you may feel are leading them that way, whatever anyone's opinion is about their fit or whether it's a good or bad decision, it's theirs. So obviously you got to respect the decision no matter what. Well, that's something I've battled for years. I I get messages from people and they think think that because I – write about this and I follow it and I, you know, write articles. <laughs> most of, uh, most of them are uh, for pit, not that I'm for pit, but they're slanted toward pit. Right. And I, that, you know, that I'm going to be upset or I, I don't care. I, I'll sleep and I, I sleep good at night. <laughs> I, I don't give a damn where Cam Brown goes. Right. I don't any of these guys. You sleep good and even, even you sleep well, even if your dog's but <laughs> trying yeah, to fight yeah. you for the bed there. No, that's a different, that's a different story. <laughs> But you know, if they're, as long as they're not a member of my family, 
I don't care where these kids right. go. They go to Pitt. I hope they go to Pitt because I want Pitt to be good. It's good for us. Sure. But if they don't, I, I don't. I yeah, don't it was great see. for business this past season. For yeah, sure. I, I they can't lie against, about that. Yeah, yeah I but, but it, against, yeah. I don't hold against these kids. I don't, you know, hey, whatever they think, and hopefully they go on to have, uh, you know, good careers. Yeah, and everyone makes decisions for different reasons. The only reason why this is worth a conversation is because Pitt was in line for a four-star yeah. recruit. They were a runner-up. They did lose to an SEC school, which still makes you pretty in there. I mean, that, a lot of schools lose out to SEC schools, but for Pitt to be a runner-up to an SEC school is still kind of a big deal for a four-star. They do need to replace that position. It is clear they're probably going to be able to do it. Pitt has been able to recycle wide receivers in the past. Addison, the most recent here, stepping up as a Blitnikoff uh, award. But as he was a finalist there any thoughts at all to the uncertainty around pitch off as a coordinator even though you mentioned marion being there and he's going to carry over whipple no longer being there obviously that helping Pickett offensively pit emerging with Pickett last year but Pickett's not going to be there so there's still an uncertainty at the quarterback position even though patty's there and some do believe in him a any factor Maybe that played into Cam Brown's mind that, hey, I like the offense, but there's uncertainty there. And I know it as an SEC, at an SEC school, I'm going to get on national TV. Pitt, it'll be on national TV less. And now I have uncertainty of my numbers. I'll just go down south. I think that's a fair point to ask. I didn't, once Cam made his decision, I didn't follow up with uh, trying to talk to right. him. But um, I, you know, that very well. It it's the me, elephant in the room right now. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that uh, was in his mind. I'm sure, though. Uh, you know, Narduzzi and Brennan Marion. Um, I'm sure we're, we're we're telling him that hey, uh, we're gonna no matter who the offensive coordinator is, whoever I hire, uh, this will be our mo. Uh, so I'm gonna be bringing in a guy that sure. did what Mark Whipple did. So uh, you know, I'm sure they sold that on him. It might have played into it, but. One thing that uh, a guy that is kind of going underlooked a little bit is uh, he's a guy that has the same body type, uh, a guy over wide receiver that Pitt was able to uh, sign today. His name's Addison Copeland, just like Cam Brown. He's 6'3", he's 195, he's from Buffalo, New York. And, you know, he had offers from Penn State, Notre Dame, and a couple other kids. He's not, he didn't have, he wasn't a four-star kid. He didn't have close to 30 offers like Cam Brown did. But anytime you're offered by Notre Dame yeah. and Penn State, yeah, you know, you got talent. So yeah, uh, they did bring in a guy. This this kid scores. Yeah, they're offering nationally. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a national recruit. Wasn't as he signed with Pitt early, so he kind of just fell off and didn't uh uh very, very private kid. So he didn't get a lot of attention. But his tape, uh, they obviously like him. And who knows? He Maybe he comes in and, uh, you know, maybe he's the next Jordan Addison. So they did add a receiver, yeah. uh, just somebody that didn't get as much uh, play as uh, Cam Brown did. But Pitt fans should remember uh, Addison Copeland from uh, Buffalo, New York. And I don't know if anybody thought Jordan Addison would become what he became right away walking on the field for Pitt the first time. So Pitt has been able to churn these receivers. I'm sure they're going to find somebody. That obviously was an interesting situation for the Panthers, to even be runner-up for, for a guy like Cam Brown. And when there's uncertainty there, that could maybe play into it. I will shamelessly plug our recent show there on the Mark Whipple situation and his exit from Pitt and the future of the program that we also produced here on, on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now. Look in the Mike Up playlist here on PSL. Mike Vakovic and Mike Osti. Now, Hey, Mike, I want to bring up one other thing before yeah, I, was, I go thought ahead, about go this ahead. because you mentioned Jordan Addison. And I said, uh, I touched upon it a couple minutes ago, Bob, they'll try to get somebody next year. Yeah. The guy they're going to try to get is a guy that everyone around here knows about. And he will, they're selling, I talked to him last week. They're selling him on replacing Jordan Addison because they pit believes Jordan Addison will take off for the NFL after next year because he's right. Uh, he'll be draft eligible is Rodney Gallagher from Laurel Highlands, uh, four star kid. Uh, the, he's the number one uh, junior in Pennsylvania for next year. Uh, he's the top recruit in Pennsylvania for next year. Yeah. Um, his offers from everybody. Um, Pitt wants him bad. They want him as a receiver. They want him to be the next Jordan Addison. So that will be the guy uh, a year from now. Uh, hopefully we're still talking like this. 
and we're still doing this. Sure. This is the guy that we, uh, if, if you're a Pitt fan, this is a guy you want us to be talking about next year because he's, if Pitt has, Pitt has a recruiting board for juniors that they want, it's, it's probably already up in their recruiting room. Uh, Rodney Gallagher from Laurel Highlands is uh, somewhere, I don't know what number he is, but he's pretty high on that list and he would be a perfect uh, uh, replacement next year for uh, Jordan Addison. And what is he going to probably be looking at? Pitt's quarterback position, how Addison responds and plays with somebody else that's not Kenny Pickett. All of that can play a factor. Of course, again, there's confidence around Patty or whoever it may be. That certainly could be a factor to a young kid. It's wide receiver university. They're putting up points. They have a great offense. But now the Heisman candidate is gone. Addison emerged with him. Whipple is gone. All these individual awards were were there, but now they're gone in terms of those individuals being around. How does this offense continue on? So another great year for Pitt certainly could help add on and impress those players. And when you have a player like Addison, it can you can recruit and basically say, you want to be the next Jordan Addison? Rather than have to say you want to be the first of this because it hasn't happened in a while, we know we have a body of work that shows you just last year, just the year before, just the year before that, we had success at that position. So that's definitely a big deal here, Mike. Uh, any comments on... Pitt's recruiting class year 2022 in terms of just in general, anything else you have on, on Pitt's recruiting class? I do obviously want to get to our, so our thoughts here on the transfer chaos, because that's in a major topic on, on these current rules, if they're now fair or maybe if it's now unfair and the players got to be able to do whatever they want, like coaches always were able to do, but some have a major problem with it and do think it's kind of killing college football. A lot of, transfer portal moves all across the country that are even still to be out there but a lot of major quarterbacks are just moving to a team the next it's like the nfl change teams one year after the other and immediately could help that new program in a blink of an eye not the case years ago so we do have to get to that topic as well yeah the only thing i want to say is it's not he won't he won't be officially counted as a member of i i, I do expect uh pit to add uh, at least probably two players uh, be a transfer before we get into the transfer role. Uh, and these guys don't um, get counted as players in the class of 2022, but a guy I mean, that we talked uh, about Whipple talking to Purdy. <laughs> that's the guy back yeah. over from Nebraska. Yeah. That's the, that's who everyone's going to be having their eye on right now. Um, he made a visit. Yeah. He's another guy. He's another guy that has been very quiet. Uh, I've tried to uh, everything I could to try to I, I get messages here and there, but he's obviously keeping things close to the vest. Uh, he doesn't have a like these other kids that have a uh, till Friday to make their decision and then right. it closes down until uh, February. He can decide whatever he wants to. Uh, you know, it could be next week and then he decides, hey, I want to go here, I want to go there. So sure. it could be at any time. Uh, it's good that he was at Pitt, but I wouldn't, uh, for Pitt fans that are optimistic and say, well, that's the only place he's been so far, just keep in mind, before he committed to Florida State, he made other visits. So he was able to yeah. uh, take in some other places. The, the one reason he came to Pitt was because that was a place that he didn't visit before going to Florida State. He wanted to, uh, you know, acclimate himself to Pittsburgh. He might have thought more of Pitt now than years ago. Yeah, it could very well could be. But he also, you know, right. I've heard some things to say, oh, that's a good sign for Pitt that he hasn't taken any other visits. Right. It is, but it isn't because he's been to other places before. He wasn't asked. Sure. That's, that's why fair. he came here. Right. So uh, I like Pitt's chances. Am I guaranteeing it? No. But if uh, he would be in the running, uh, if the quarterback for next year, I expect some movement on the pick quarterback roster. Uh, the And one guy, guy that I think is getting discounted, by a lot of Pitt fans, and I know that the Pitt staff has is high on him, and they believe that he would be able to, if necessary, step in and run this offense, is Nick Patty. Uh, I know people uh, are just – Some are high on him. Uh, yeah, yeah, some people, are. People some are don't not. Think, yeah, exactly. People don't think he can do uh, – when I say people, I mean fans. Right. Uh, Pitt, fan, Pitt coach is very high on him. They think he can get the job done. But it wouldn't be a bad thing to bring Purdy in and have some competition. And it'll be between those two guys. The other sure. guys on the roster, uh, if Purdy comes in, 
your starter next year will be Purdy or Patty. One of those two guys, that'll be your, uh, the other guy. It'll be something if Purdy comes in, though, he doesn't get the job. Yeah. Because then I'm you're sure. transferring again. I mean, he then he's going to have to get out of there again. Uh, but then he'd have to sit out a year. I he would have to sit out, right. But, I mean, you're not playing. Yeah, yeah, but he would have four years if he came here. Patty would have one more year. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so I, I don't think he – if he reacts like that, then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be real high on his character if he would do something. <laughs> that's you know, true, yeah. You, you, bat, you battle, and whoever the best guy right. is wins. And if you're not it, then, you know, you get better and be better next year. But uh, yeah. that's the big thing for Pitt fans to be watching here over the next uh, – from now until whenever, who – what quarterback, but there's other quarterbacks in that transfer portal. Uh, who knows who's Pitt's talked to. So oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot out there. Yeah, so uh, they're going to bring in a quarterback. It's just a matter of who. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Would you say it's more it's more likely Patty or the field? To start? Yeah. So I guess, I, I mean, I guess we're looking at, if like, you had to predict, you think it's – you. Uh, my. Uh, I don't know. Depends who the starter is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody with, I don't know. I, I honestly think that it, 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 nobody can make that prediction because I, I think Narduzzi would. I wouldn't hold you to it, but yeah. No, Narduzzi, it'll be what these guys show them in uh, That's true. spring practice. It does and, appear, though, that, that the players on that team, the coaches, as you mentioned, from what we've heard from colleagues, even, you know, I won't disclose who, but even from players, they seem to believe in Patty. So yeah. there seems to be a belief in Patty for sure that I don't think Pitt fans need to freak out if no. Patty is starting and you haven't seen him in successful game action yet. Yeah, maybe you're not at camp, but there's belief in him that he could get the job done. So I would not expect that if he is the starter for that to be the sky is falling and all of a sudden Pitt wins only four games. That prohibitive drop should not occur even even with Patty. There. I will He's say like, this with your question to me, Mike. can handle it. Uh who, who, whatever quarterback they bring in here, yeah, they're going to have to beat out Nick, Nick Patty. I think Patty goes in as the. Uh, That's fair. Patty goes in as the favorite. Whoever whoever comes in here is right. going to have to beat him. Uh, is going to have to beat him out because Pitt knows what they have with him. They they've watched him for two years now. They know what they would be getting. They don't know what they're getting with uh, with whatever quarterback right. they're trying to bring here. And that could be a concern if you're the agent or, you know, not the agent literally, but if you're, if you're someone who's going to be the agent or if you're a close relationship with Purdy or whoever that maybe, Hey, you know, if you go here, you don't have to worry about a competition. If you go to Pitt, you are going to be competing with Patty. Yeah. uh, But again, you want to to think you guys are going to want to compete and going to beat him out. And if you don't, then you'll take it over after Patty's done because it'll be fun more time. But it'll be it'll be interesting for Pitt for sure. There's a lot of conversation to be had, and it's a good conversation because you're gonna, you know, generally speaking, when you have a Heisman candidate quarterback, usually he's leaving after that year. So it's it's a normal thing. And Pitt was able to seize the day with Kenny Pickett, able to have a maturation process with Kenny Pickett. If it's Marion or somebody else, it's not going to be catastrophically changed in terms of their offensive yeah. system, even with Whipple not being there. And there is belief in Patty for sure. Yeah, and uh, Narduzzi said today he doesn't expect to. So, there, you know, there might be a few more weeks where the, the kid doesn't have to come in here to make his decision or right. to, to get acclimated because uh, Narduzzi did his press conference today, said that, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said uh, he doesn't expect to name the full-time offensive coordinator until uh, January. So uh, don't look for... Yeah, you're not going to know, right. Yeah, 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 so it doesn't matter. The quarterback can come in here. He's not going to be able to learn a system because there's not going to be a full-time offensive coordinator. He can get, yeah. you know, ju- yeah. he can get used to his receivers and stuff like that. But as far as learning a system coming in sure. early, you know, studying the book, there won't be a book because there won't be a, uh, you know, a full-time coordinator. According to, according <laughs> Unless to he wants to meet Pickett, who will teach him some plays, I'm sure. <laughs> he can maybe meet sure. Pickett. I'm sure Pickett will know some plays and we could have the joke out there that Alan Saunders brought up is, hey, just let Pickett be the old coordinator for the bowl game, for the Peach Bowl, if he doesn't want to play. Because obviously that's still lingering out there. Let him be the OC. So, yeah, that's true. You're not going to be able to meet that offensive coordinator. Purdy already met a former pit offensive coordinator with that picture that's circulating that we talked about the day before that news broke that Mark Whipple was leaving for Nebraska. He did meet Mark Whipple and got the offer there in person 
that was an odd experience, but Mark Whipple not going to be the OC at pitch. So if Purdy does come, he's yet to know who that OC will be. Marion will have certainly some input, whether he gets the job or not. And I guess that could still happen, but he's certainly going to be involved. So Pitt will be fine offensively, really probably whoever's quarterback and Purdy certainly does garner some belief out there. Mike Pekovic and Mike Osta here on our nighttime edition of Mike'd Up here. Mike and Mike in the evening as we're recapping the National Signing Day around the country, most notably for the Pitt Panthers here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now. Now, Mike, we also got to talk about the overlying topic that just is all over everywhere. And I don't think this is going to die in either until the rules changed or until maybe things get so wild that people just cannot keep up. And right now it's already to that level. The transfer rule allows players to just kind of move around. It's almost this year. It's almost like free agency. Really, in terms of college football, certainly quarterbacks are making these moves. We've seen Spencer Rattler go from not even four months ago as the future of Oklahoma to losing his job to his coach taking another job at USC to now he goes to South Carolina. And that was in less than a year. So that chaos is occurring all around the country because of the current rule system for many, many years players would have to sit out it was almost a punishment and it was in their detriment to transfer that unless you really got some problems and you really need more time you don't want to transfer because you're killing your your young days you you, if you have to sit out and not play at 21 years old or 20 years old that really hurts you Nowadays, that's not the case, but coaches for all those years were able to just take jobs and, and, and leave before bowl game and the new school they're going to would pay the buyout. So you had kind of that unbalanced atmosphere around college sports. And you also now have the, the ability to make money off your image and likeness. That wasn't the case a couple of years ago as well. So these players aren't getting paid for their every day, but they're able to make money off the likeness. You have a Johnny Menzel out there in today's game, he can go make money off of being Johnny Menzel, we're, we're say the offensive lineman probably would not be able to do so. <laughs> Where do you stand on, on the current climate around college football? Do you see this as potentially the death nail to college football? Does there need something done to adjust things, to fix things? Does something need to happen here to calm this down? Or do you see this as kind of making this now and even playing field since coaches? And we saw this this year with Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, et cetera, able to just say, hey, bye, send a text message, throw it up on Twitter, and they're gone. The new school pays the, the buyout. Kids weren't ever able to do that until now, and they're really taking advantage of it. It's awful. Uh, there's no other uh, There's no other way to put it. It's just bad. And, you know, we're focusing on basketball and it's bad for or football. It's just as bad or worse for basketball. Oh, yeah. We it, talked it, about that before. It's it's almost it's arguably worse. It's arguably yeah. more active with basketball. Yeah. We saw last year with the transfer portal. It just makes it so. And I understand the talk. Would you mention about the coaches leaving and everything? But it just it just changes everything with the way coaches are able to deal with these kids. Yeah. Uh, there, I think it puts pressure on some of these coaches to – uh, get maybe try to get these kids on the field maybe early before maybe they're ready. We've heard that directly from coaches. I won't, yeah, if not, yeah. they're going to be mad and they're going to transfer, right? Uh, you know, if you look at a kid the wrong way, uh, depending <laughs> on what your uh, yeah. personality is, uh, it, they can leave, uh, or they'll they'll be inclined to leave. Sure, uh, they could threaten to leave if you don't right. change how you're talking to them. Yeah, no, that's it, a fair point. And the and the, the uh, you know the NLI, all it's going to do is that goes along with the transferring because yeah, no matter what yeah. anyone says, teams from all around the country are tampering with other players. Uh, they're 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 seeing who's playing, who's not playing. They're telling, hey, you come here. This this thing could be available. It, it all all it's doing is in uh, encouraging cheating. You know, it's what's going on. Did you yeah, hear? I mean, you had thought? the number one recruit in the country going to an HBCU in yeah, Jackson well, State with Deion Sanders yeah. instead of Florida State. That's that kind happened? of a red flag, right? Yeah. How do you think that really? That's how a, do you think that happened? You yeah, that's that a red flag. <laughs> he wants to go play for Jackson State. Hell, I no. mean, Dion's there, but that's a red flag. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. He was yeah. going to go to Florida State and who forever. Knows, who knows <laughs> right. what's in his bank account now? 
or his parents' bank account. It, it's it's just slime. Um, with Lane Kiffin and this uh, Lane Kiffin last night, go look what he said. Oh yeah. About, uh, all this is doing is kids are going to go to the highest bidder. They if, are. Yeah, if Lane Kiffin is saying that, yeah, probably, at, at Ole Miss, Ole Miss, at, you remember, at watch Ole the Miss, movie exactly. Blindside. Watch the movie Blindside if you don't know. Yeah, exactly. If he's saying that. So when people lose, and this is why I have a hard time, and it will get back to Jeff Capel, when people are not getting recruits, it, it, it's not what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. It's complete. It's not really changed. a criticism of you as a recruiter as yeah, Exactly. Everything right. has changed. Everything has changed. It's, sure. it, it's how much you want to cheat, how much you're willing to cheat, how much money your boosters have, how much – uh, can you get from businesses to get it? it, it it's what just about a- the perspective though, Mike? And there, there's even a movie actually that I think everyone should watch as well called Pony Express. One of the, one of the best ESPN 30 for thirties ever on SMU back in the early eighties, they, they got robbed out of what could have been a dynasty with, with Eric Dickerson and company. They were flat out signing contracts to players when it was legit cheating. And that's how they actually got found out because they had to finish out legally the contract, even after they agreed to stop, but they weren't the only school doing it. They got the death penalty and it basically killed the program, but Texas A&M also paid Eric Dickerson. They, they got him a car that's referred to poetically as the trans A&M that he was driving at SMU. So it's the called difference, cheating, but difference. it's been going on for years and years and years. Now it's the just more out the open. The only difference is that was happening with the, for the most part, with the Eric Dickersons of the world. You're talking about your For the most part, recruits. but the others were getting paid just not to his level. Now it's everywhere. It right. is everywhere. Right. And it, and, and all you're going to do, the, the transfer portal, every year we talk about this, the number in the kids in there, it's just going to, every year, it'll be a new record high. And if your program doesn't have any transfers, it might, maybe it also changes the way coaches, what kids they go after, kids that they believe could be program players, they might look more into character may look more in the background. You may look at to dominate three. This is what people say Capel should do. Just dominate three-star kids and leave the five-star alone because you're dealing with this. So just go at certain level of kids. Maybe. And I feel bad. And I feel bad for, you know, I'm going to keep bringing up basketball. Um, and I feel bad for guys like uh, Dambrot and. Dambrot's uh, one. Because yeah. When you're in the middle right there, you better treat these kids really good because if not, they're gone. And the teams they're going to benefit are the Robert Morrises of the world. What it, what uh, Andy Tool was able to do this year? He has a roster full of five or six kids that used to play. That's what you got to uh, do. Yeah, yeah. On with with power programs. That's what Ant, that, that's what schools like Robert Morris now are going to be doing. They're going to be plucking the kids that were unhappy right. as they should. Uh, as yeah. they should. Call but Mike, we even saw. We even saw last year, and this is across our network as well, Bob Huggins. Uh, he's not in there yet, but I'm going to call him a Hall of Fame coach because he definitely should be. 900-plus wins, done it all, basically, besides winning a national title. He, he had a solid top-flight national recruit there who eventually got to Kentucky, which is obviously even a higher-level program. And Huggins has been very public, even criticizing the kid two weeks ago that we have on the channel, basically saying, hey – yeah, he got to where he wanted to be, but basically letting you know there might have been some collusion going on there with, you know, maybe he didn't like me, so now he's with Coach Cow. So it's it's not like anyone's safe. A Hall of Fame coach could lose a top recruit because of the way they're talking to him and go somewhere else. So, yeah, that's that's all possible. It's all very true. I guess what I would then ask here as a follow-up, because – it isn't a debate that the system was previously unfair, but now it is out of control. So what would you do if Mike Vakovacan is able to be in charge here and you're living your dream to 
get this under control with the understanding that you're never going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle completely because with these coaches leaving and, and there was a while where Brian Kelly could have screwed Notre Dame out of a playoff spot because the committee announced that, Hey, we don't want to take a school that doesn't have a head coach. They were number five, number five or six. They were right in line for a playoff spot. If teams would have lost, if they, if the certain things would have fell the right way, the committee probably would have snubbed them because they didn't have a head coach at the time. Brian Kelly didn't care. He went to go get his money, go get his, you know, 100 M's and get his private jet. And he's an onward and upward to LSU with a new accent, even a whole new lifestyle. And that, you know, those kids kind of were just left to wait in the wings because some of those kids may have went to Notre Dame for him. So you also have the thought process of look at Spencer Rattler, who I brought up earlier. He went to Oklahoma to play for a coach that churns NFL talent that always gets Heisman candidates and has a certain offense. As you mentioned, it's a big deal for quarterbacks, especially he didn't have a great season, but they were winning. He loses his job. They then actually lose a couple games without him. And now he's gone. The coach is gone. He has to go somewhere else. If it was like it was before Spentler Rattler would be screwed. So is there a way to get this under control, but not screw kids like it used to be? No. Basically, <laughs> I, I, I'm in I favor. appreciate the honesty, but yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm in favor of the way they have it. Um, the way they have it now, but, but it, it, you're just never gonna, the cheating is just something that nobody will ever, right. no matter what they try to do, they'll never get out of control, but uh, under control, but I'm in favor of letting the kids have one transfer. And you don't not for it, not 13, but yeah, one, no, right. one, one transfer, right? Make it a good one. You transfer, <laughs> you don't, have to, you don't yeah. have to sit out. Yeah. And then that's it. Uh, uh, so I have no problem the way the system is now. It's just, uh, I mean, is it, is it I would a, get rid of the, I would get rid of the, uh, the NLI. That is okay. That's bad news. Uh, and I know kids can make, you know, th- trust me. The, the Kenny Pickett and the guys on the pit team, the guys that right. are putting their money uh, sure. to charities and stuff, yeah. they're, they're on the minority. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Team. Under the minority. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and fortunately yeah. for Kenny Pickett, and I think also the difference which we have to bring up here, Kenny Pickett was from a really stable family environment, things like that. There are kids. The reality is it there, there there's kids out there that are playing college sports to get to the pro level that are coming from nothing. Yeah. And they, if, if money's dangled in front of them, like they've talked about over the years, whether it be the fab five, Reggie Bush or whoever, it's really hard to ask a kid to say no. Cause you understand the situation that they're coming from. Not everyone's dealing with what Kenny Pickett's dealing with or what Grant Hill dealt with in the early nineties in terms of a great family upbringing who, who doesn't need to have this money right away. Some kids do. Um, yeah. I mean, things are out of control. You're going to have a kid eventually off of endorsements make more than the coach. So imagine that argument when you're off the NLI, he's the coach is saying, do this. And he's saying, I make more per year than you look at my endorsement money. So it does create an imbalance like is in say the NBA or in pro sports in some regards, the players are making more than some coaches, at least the star players are. I think my thing, I would be vehemently for against just paying kids. You know, they make a thousand dollars a week. I think that would be a little bit much there, especially on top of a scholarship, but it is hard for me to be mad about the NLI because Johnny Menzel, Tim Tebow, even Reggie Bush, those players look at JJ Reddick, Carmelo Anthony. They were generating so much money. Maurice Claret, who tried to leave after a year after winning a national title, they were generating so much money for their schools and somebody was pocketing that cash. So I'm not saying to pay them a salary, but if some barber shop wants to give them some money because of what they were generating when their jersey can't even give them money or their name can't be on the jersey that's why the fab five wore blue shirts they, they realized that people were getting paid off of the number four on a michigan jersey that didn't say weber but it was chris weber's i can see their perspective as well in terms of at least making off your image and likeness and if you can do it power to you if you can't then your image and likeness isn't worth the money so the offensive lineman is going to get screwed hopefully you can make it in the nfl i don't have as much of a problem with that but this is all out of control and you're going to see it even get more and more out of control and I don't think you can go in the direction, which is brought up a lot, that if a kid transfers, that they should have to, 
you know, pay some scholarship money back to the school like coaches do with a buyout. The, the school the coach is going to pays that buyout. You can't ask that from a kid. But you can have, you shouldn't be able to have more than one transfer. You got to have the one, have that be it. But you got to make that one count. And situations do change. You know this, you've been studying recruiting so many years that like a Spentler Rattler or many others, you go to a school for one situation, it changes. It's not your fault that it changes. He was even winning while he was there and still lost his job. So it's hard to say that kid doesn't deserve at least one opportunity to redo it. But if it doesn't work out at the new place, then, hey, you made a decision. You got it. You got to, you know, you got to live with it at, at, at that point here. Um as we round things out, though, Mike, we also do cover the West Virginia Mountaineers. We even cover Penn State. So certainly you can go head over to Nittany Sports Now and WV Sports Now. I'll have shows on, on, on their classes as well. Maybe my personal self will do a mic drop on WVU because they do get a legit quarterback that they finally have been after for years. Neil Brown gets his dominant in the rough there. And Nico, that could be the future of the QB position, even though next year it certainly appears to be Jared Daggy again, as they're not even really looking at the transfer portal from what I'm hearing. But any thoughts on any other recruiting news or anything else from signing day beyond Pitt? Uh, both the, the headline of Penn State and West Virginia, you know, we're going to find out a couple of years from now is how do these quarterbacks, uh, their headliners, uh, are they going to be able to lead them to, you know, possibly a playoff spot? Uh, Penn State got a five-star kid. Number one, uh, one of the, yeah. I'm not sure if he was number one ranked quarterback uh, by 247, Drew Allure from yeah. Ohio. And then Nick Singleton, uh, Penn State also got a five star running back who today was named the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year nationally, a uh, kid from uh, out east. Uh, those are the headliners for Penn State, but it's all about the quarterback. Uh, it's interesting that Sean Clifford decided to come back. So we'll see how James Franklin. Yeah, six uh, years of Clifford. Yeah. Yeah, handles that next year. He knows he, he has a good one. Right. He, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Drew Allure is going to be enrolling early at Penn State. So he's going to want to play. We'll see how that happens. And then, of yeah. course, uh, West Virginia, they got the guy, that the, you know, they had other kids decommit. But as long as the uh, Nico stayed in there, uh, kid from arizona yeah that's what they need he's a headliner he's they a, have to i mean that would be the first quarterback that west virginia recruited that became a star if he becomes a star in a very long time because will yeah. brewer was a transfer so this is what this is neil brown's era if this kid works out or not yeah they you know they got a couple other you know i think west virginia last time me check out the latest team rankings by rivals i believe they're still in the 20s I mean, they were 20 at one point when Carl and I did the show after KJ Anderson yeah, left. We talked about 20 kids. Into... You know, they have 20 kids plus a couple of transfers, but 20 high school kids. Our rival has them at yeah. uh, uh, number 22. That's the best of the Brown era. Uh, we'll see if they add any more. They possibly could uh, move up a little bit, depending yeah. on if they have room to sign some more people. And that's losing KJ, who decommitted. Exactly. And, that's, and they lost two, two four-star kids. Right. So uh, they probably would have been in the top 20. I, tremendous job by Neil Brown. Unbelievable, because the team hasn't been winning for three years. He's from a mid-major at Troy before West Virginia. He is selling something. He, yeah, I mean. so it's tremendous <laughs> job, but we'll see. Yeah. You know, that quarterback needs to needs to produce, and, right. that, and that's what will define this class, and we won't be able to tell that for, uh, you know, for a year or two. But uh, right. Penn State, you know, top 10 class, number six, I believe uh, they had 14, four or five star uh, kids in their class. Unbelievable job by Franklin. It's the same thing every year. Can they develop the players and uh, we'll, can they stay with the transfer thing? You just, never, right. Know. Right. you just never know. They have had a couple guys from last year's class, four star kids. They didn't play right away. Kid from Detroit, um, Enzo Jennings, he left, didn't play right away. So he, so he jumped out. So, a lot of pressure on these coaches uh, to get these high-star kids in there. We'll see if they do. But uh, I, I think for all three classes, despite Pitt only having, uh, you know, low number of scholarships, I think Narduzzi and company did as well. It could have maybe added uh, a better player too. But I think for the most part, Pitt fans should be happy. And no doubt West Virginia and Penn State fans, uh, at least on paper, should be uh, 
thrilled with what uh, their coaches yeah. were able to bring them in. Yeah, and Pitt coming off of the ACC title year, Penn State coming off a disappointing season, but a long-term contract for Franklin. No doubt out of these three programs we cover, Neil Brown and West Virginia are under the most pressure for this class to work out. That'll be year four for Neil Brown. This year was arguably a step down from last year, getting in a decent bowl game. And at that point, climbing, you have trust to climb. Are you really climbing? And also West Virginia fans, this is a great recruit to get. Nico's been wanting to come there. They've been tweeting pictures forever. His family visited Morgantown four different times they're flying yeah. across the country to be around mountaineer fans if he didn't come it would have been ridiculous but yeah. but he but he does but also don't expect to see much of him on the field for a while neil brown is committed to daggy next year for sure and it's going to be another year of him learning this offense potentially with winston wright etc that maybe they'll step up and do more even with letty brown gone so it'll be a while before you really get to see nico probably but it'll be interesting because at the end of next year, if the season's once again going into the tubes, there is no more Deggy coming back. So at that point, we'll, we'll see what happened. Garrett Green also was, was brought in. He was probably that other recruit that was brought in to be a quarterback. We ended up not really getting to see him hardly at all. And he kind of got in Neil Brown's doghouse as if they thought he could be a passer or not, kind of just used him as a runner. So a lot remains to be seen, but they got their guy despite losing KJ as well. Penn State, another one, death tax and Penn State in the top 10. But you got to do it on the field you got to have the wins losses dictate that and, and Pitt in their situation this year they certainly did a solid job and next year could even be more so really getting the the retread off of the ACC championship year and even if next year is not an ACC crown again which is not likely again after Pickett and, and with Clemson being better etc you go next year win seven eight games you could really beef up I mean that's how this program continuously builds themselves now as long as you don't totally fall off the map Pitt should certainly be fine that'll do it for this nighttime edition of mike and mike here on pittsburgh sports live and psn stay at pittsburgh sports now for all of our coverage our thoughts our commentary on national signing day maybe even more shows and then commentary like this about national sign day and about the future of these programs also head over to wv sports now and nitty sports now for a coverage of west virginia and penn state and really of course Hit up our entire network for all of our coverage of Pittsburgh sports and beyond and subscribe bottom of the video there. You get notifications whenever we do shows like this, certainly when they are spur of the moment, Mike, I will leave you about your night. I will um, leave you to have a conversation with your dog to see who, who, who sleeps this leave. evening. And I will leave, I will go leave myself to have some, uh, some dessert that I took home from our, our Christmas party, which again, <laughs> thanks to you. That was a fantastic Christmas party throughout the network. We all got to come together and I, you know, at the Walnut Grove there in Robinson, definitely appreciate the time there to see everybody. I appreciate everybody who do, who came to that. And I appreciate the hospitality there from the Walnut Grove in Robinson and you putting that together. That was definitely you single-handedly putting that together. So props to you. Happy holidays to all, especially these kids who have made their decisions. And let me put you this way again, Whatever decision they made, you may not like it. They may not have went to where you you wanted them to go, and they may have went to a rival school. You got to respect the decision. Don't don't yeah. don't throw any bags of you know what at their house or send any threatening tweets or anything like that. These are eighteen year old kids. Respect the decision.